Welcome to anyone who's joining us for the first time or the first time in a long time. And if you are new here, I want to assure you that I only dress like this two times a year. Once in Advent and once in Lent. We are now halfway through Lent and these rose or pink vestments are a reminder that the joy of Easter is coming soon. When you come to church next week, you are going to find veils covering many of our our statues and images. This is a traditional practice that we're bringing back and it's meant to heighten your sense of mystery and reverence and to focus your attention more intently on the suffering of Christ in these final days of Lent. The purple veils will symbolize penance and they'll be removed at Easter to symbolize resurrection. At the beginning of Lent, we encouraged you to participate in small groups, and I'm happy to say many folks did. Small groups are the place where our big church gets small, and small group members are known, cared for, and even lovingly challenged to take their next step in discipleship. Right now, there are 17 small groups actively meeting with roughly 147 people participating. Not that I'm counting, (laughs) but that is roughly one out of every four people who comes to Mass here on a weekend. Last weekend, we launched this year's Catholic Appeal, so thank you to everyone who made a gift or a pledge to support the work of the church through our archdiocese. If you haven't given yet, I'd like to invite you to join me in financially supporting this year's Catholic Appeal, and there are appeal envelopes on that table in the corner by the door. Thank you. We are in the fourth week of Lent and the fourth week of our message series, Unfiltered. Today we're going to talk about how we can see more clearly as we grow in discipleship. Have you ever cleaned one of your windows and had the experience afterwards of saying, wow, I had no idea how dirty it was until I could see through it clean? This happens to me especially when I wash the inside of my car's windshield. It's like there's a film on the the windshield that builds up so slowly, you don't even realize it's happening until you've washed it away. And you know, that's part of the purpose of our Lenten practices. Our Lenten practices are meant to sort of clean our spiritual windshield so that we can see more clearly. That is, so that we can see things and others as God sees them. To push the analogy a little further, maybe you've had this experience too. Maybe you've cleaned a window and then somehow a smudge gets on it and then that's the only thing you can see. (laughs) You know, before the window was clean, you never would have noticed that smudge. But now that the window's clean, that smudge is all you see. This happens in our interior life too. As we grow in discipleship, 
And as we become closer to God, we discover sins and defects in ourselves that we never noticed before. And sometimes when we see these smudges, we might think that it means we're going backwards or that we were better off before. But friends, that is simply not the case because actually seeing these smudges is a sure sign that you are growing in discipleship. And the reason for this is simple. The soul that is growing in love has a different perspective from which it sees things. And because of this different perspective, it can see things it didn't see before. Now this happens with negative things like these smudges or sins, but it can also happen with positive things. The soul that is growing in love is better equipped to see and to do good things it missed before. So I'll say that again. The soul that is growing in love has a new perspective and it is better equipped to see and to do things that it might have missed before. Like, for instance, noticing when someone is hurting or, or being able to spontaneously lift your heart in prayer or being able to make a subtle act of service for someone else with complete naturalness. But it should be noted, seeing these things is easy. Actually doing them takes effort, and that's a struggle. And this interior struggle is an innate part of growing in discipleship because as Jesus has said, whoever wishes to be my disciple must take up his cross daily and follow me. In our gospel today, we see a dramatic example of someone coming to see clearly. A man goes from total blindness to perfect sight. And it begins with a very small detail which you might have missed. It said, Jesus was simply passing by. The blind man did nothing to earn Jesus' attention. He did nothing to deserve a miracle. He was simply there. It was a free gift of God's grace. And so it is when Jesus enters our lives. There's nothing that we can do to earn his attention to deserve his love, he comes to us. And as often as we think it's us who who go to God, no, no, it's God who always comes to us first and we simply turn to him. God always comes to us before we turn to him. Some of Jesus' miracles are neat and clean, but to put it mildly, this one is dirty. I'm gonna quote from the scripture. Jesus spat on the ground and he made clay with the saliva and then he smeared the clay on the man's eyes. I mean, that was gross before COVID. (laughs) The scripture literally says smeared. But what's happening here is Jesus is using an outward sign to give grace. And you know, the same thing happens in reconciliation. In reconciliation, we, we 
We express our contrition, we confess our sins, but the forgiveness is divine. And in fact, our messiness is no obstacle to our receiving God's grace, peace, mercy, and forgiveness. In fact, our messiness is what brings it about. If it's been over a year since you've last experienced God's mercy in the sacrament of reconciliation, I want to extend to you a special invitation to receive, to have that experience today. And even if it hasn't been a year and you have something that's, that's, that's weighing on you, a sinner that you want Jesus to heal, please come today. After the, after the 11 a.m. Mass here at noontime, we'll have four priests here to celebrate this sacrament with you. Um, if you want a little guide to help kind of stir the pot for what you say, we have these small guides to confession, which you can find in that table in the back corner. Um, some people who are here, I went to confession last time we did this, liked some of the priests, so I'm happy to say most of the priests are, that are coming today are priests who have been here before. So if you're looking for, for um, I don't know, whoever, someone that's not me, well, they're here. I don't, I don't, I don't know why that's funny. Um, and if this Sunday afternoon does not work for you, come back on Wednesday night when we'll have a night of praise and worship and adoration and we'll have at least three priests here to, to celebrate this sacrament with you. After smearing clay on the man's eyes, Jesus instructs him, go wash in the pool of Siloam. So the men went, he washed, and he came back able to see. This is what happened. The man accepted Jesus' word, and then he responded by doing what Jesus said. Without the man's response, the miracle never would have happened. And the same thing is true. If we want grace to bear fruit in our lives, we need to accept it and then do what it calls us to do. But the miracle doesn't end here. You might think the miracle ends here, but it doesn't. Because after some people deny that a miracle had even happened, the man finds himself alone with Jesus. And Jesus says to him, now remember, he didn't see him before because his eyes were not healed. He says, do you believe the Son of Man? And the man answers, who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? And Jesus says to him, you have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. And so the man said, I do believe, Lord. And he worshiped him. Nothing about Jesus' external appearance would have given away that he was the promised Messiah of Israel. Jesus wasn't wearing crazy vestments like this <laughs> to attract attention. So nothing external could have led the man to see this. But what really happens is the man sees and he professes who Jesus really is, the Son of God, 
The miracle is now complete because the man is able to see not just with these eyes, but with the eyes of faith. There's a vast difference between believing Jesus to be simply a prophet and believing him to be the Messiah who is God made man. To accept Jesus as Lord, to accept Jesus as Messiah, you need to be able to see with the eyes of faith. And when you see with the eyes of faith, everything else becomes clearer too. You can begin to see your own need for a redeemer. You can begin to see the eternal value of love. You can even begin to see the redemptive value of suffering. And then add to all of that, you can begin to see more clearly the thousand and one ways big and small, that you can serve others. To one degree or another, we are all blind. We see things through the filters of sin and ignorance. So as we prepare to receive Jesus in Holy Communion, as we prepare to come into contact with him who touched the man born blind, let us ask him to heal our blindness so that we can see with the eyes of faith.